0: going to do something a little bit different today. I'm going to invite Levi to uh, to come, if he would, and uh, we're going to set a couple of chairs up here. And uh, this is sort of I'll, I'll explain it as I'm sort of sharing what I'm going to share a little bit of this morning. Um, but basically, we're just there's something that I've been wanting to to break into a new a different way of communication. Probably since 2018, this has been on my heart, and then I think it got disrupted for a couple of years there. Uh, But coming out of the other side of this whole pandemic thing, I hope we are, aren't we? Aren't we? I think we are. Um, Then I think this has become even more relevant in the sense of the way that we communicate and uh, as a church, how we function. Because uh, it was interesting, everyone was saying at the end of that pandemic season, by everyone, I mean church consultants, people that have many, many years experience, and that was we can't go back to doing church the way we did. Um, and yet I think it's pretty fantastic the way we did it. Um, but I do think we need to add some elements and that's what we're going to try and do. Cool? So, uh, you're guinea pigs today. So just turn to the person next to you and say, you're the best looking guinea pig I've seen all morning. Okay.
1: (laughs) A creature of power, the guinea pig. (laughs) That's it.
0: Well, I'm going to hand over to Levi. He's going to introduce something first.
1: Yeah, so... What we're going to do, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to try really hard not to swing on these chairs because they've got really good, like, ball bearings in them or whatever it is. So we're going to try really hard not to do that. Um, The second thing we're going to do, I guess what Pastor Chris is doing is, I guess, opening somewhat of a forum in the sense of, we're not the only ones going to be speaking today. We'd actually love to hear your voice in this as well. Um, so what it's going to look like is, is probably a bit of a QA. and a So if you've got questions, what we have is the QR code there. If you scan that, you can submit a question. Um, Pastor Chris is kind of give you a bit of a topic which you can send it through, but we'll receive any question. Um Whether we get to all the questions or not, we'll have to see how time goes, but you can submit questions through that. It's anonymous. Uh, You can add your name if you're feeling brave. Um, (laughs) uh, But if you'd like to keep keep your name off it, that's totally fine. So if you've got questions or even thoughts about what we're speaking about today, we'd love to hear it. That's why I've got my laptop here. Um, It's not just to play Minesweeper, it's to uh, kind of field some of the questions. So go ahead, scan the QR code.
0: And also, uh, any thoughts or comments interested to hear if you just have a thought or a comment and uh, even if we can't use it in the process of this limited time it helps i guess us as pastors know you know what you're thinking and some of the issues that you might be facing too so it's just this desire to get a little bit more two-way communication happening this won't be you know every week that's for sure but it's something that uh, we want to pilot and we might introduce as part of what we do regularly
1: Cool. Okay. So what are we talking about? We've got a topic on the, on the screen. It's on the screen. What is church and what is a Christian? Yeah, there you go. Well,
0: that's, um, that's sort of what we're going to title the message, but it really comes out of a question. It all starts with a question that I think post-COVID a few people have been asking. Uh, it's an old question. It's not a new question. But um, uh, the question simply is, do I have to go to church to be a Christian? Which to me leads to this question. What is Christian and what is the church? Um, Is the, the question under the question, I think. And I often think that even underneath that, when you get to the point of asking that question, do I need to go to church? What you're really saying is, what is the relevance of church to me? Or maybe what you're really saying is, what does church do for me? That's sort of some of the underlying thoughts under, do I need to go to church to be a Christian? Cool.
1: Great. So, so far away, Levi? Far away. Yes. I'm far and away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm distracted by some of the questions coming in. We, we did this at the 6 p.m. service last week. First question was um, should Levi shave his beard? Uh, <laughs> And in following in, in hair-related questions, the first one through today is, where do you get your hair, cr- hair cut, Pastor Chris? Thank you. I thought, <laughs> I thought spinning
0: around would, uh, would show it off, yes.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so back to the topic. I guess I think it's an important question, a question that a lot of people maybe are asking. Um, and is it, maybe I wonder if there's some kind of, is there, is there more of an answer within the question itself as to maybe why are you asking that question? Because that... Yeah. Um,
0: Sorry? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's where I tried to sort of throw out a few of maybe the, the underneath the real question. You know, I, I, I'm sure that there's, pe- there's people that have had all kinds of experiences in church life. Uh, people who've just had, you know, plain, ordinary, unfulfilling ones. People who've actually suffered and have had problems in church life. Um, the the question is it relevant. And I think, especially after the COVID season, a bit like, well, we, you know, it was nice to sit and my pyjamas on a Sunday morning and just watch the message and get back off again and get back to my week. There's some of the, the, the things that are very real issues that have come out of this last season. But this isn't a new question. This question precedes that season by a long, long time. And I think one of the most important things we can do is actually define some of the terms within it. I think in the last few years we've become super aware of how two people can hear the same word but have totally different imaginations around what that word means. And I think that that can be sometimes part of the problem. So I, I think, first of all, it'd probably be good to define what is a Christian.
1: Yeah, great. So, what is a Christian? So, what is a Christian? <laughs> really I'm a quickly. Christian.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, I think it might be helpful to say what it's not. One is it's not an allegiance to a brand which has often been what people perceive them. And we've just come out of cultural Christianity. Uh, so when people say Australia used to be a Christian nation, I mean, I'm not sure there's any such thing as a Christian nation. I think what they're saying is is that most people were happy to identify with a cultural form of Christianity, even if they did not have intimate faith themselves. But of course, that's not really the original thought in the word. Um, uh, the other thing I think that's a misconception is that Christians are saints. Well, they are, but not in a way that we think of saints. We can have different you know, imaginations around what a saint is. A saint is someone who you know, works miracles and lives pretty perfect. That's sort of the concept of a saint. And even though Scripture calls us all saints, uh, what that means is simply set aside for God. It doesn't mean perfection. And I know there's an old bumper sticker that I both love and hate called... Can anyone tell me what the bumper sticker is? Christians aren't perfect. They're just forgiven. And I think that's been a terrible excuse at times. And yet it's also an undeniable truth that Christians, you know, they're not perfect people. They should, I think, be on a redemption and lift pattern where your, your life is actually getting better and more godly as you go, but I don't think we're going to see perfection this side of heaven. I think it's a worthy thing to aim at. We should all want to be perfect. Jesus said, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. So we we have a standard to aim at, but whether we will achieve it. And the worst thing can happen is when some people act like they have achieved it. And we all know it's not true. And that's why people say, there's hypocrites in the church. Because if you give this presentation of, well, we've got it all together, when you actually really don't, then that's a problem. If you go back to the original word, Christian, um, you know, there's, there's pretty good evidence historically that Christian was actually a derogatory term when it was first given to Christians. That um, it was to identify them as part of a sect that in the Roman Empire was considered as atheistic because it did not believe in all the gods, only one God. So isn't it funny? Christians were originally persecuted for being atheists. This is how word usage changes over time and imaginations with words. And so they were called Christians or of the way of Christ, of the sect of Christ. And, um, but the beautiful thing is, if you see in the early church... Uh, In Antioch, they adopted it as their own name. Why? Because Christians, right from the word go, identified with even the shame of the cross. So things that the world threw at Christians as accusations, if it had to do with Jesus. Remember, Jesus was a stumbling block. You know, not a king, not a mighty world ruler, someone who was crucified as a criminal in a shameful way. And Christians learned to identify with the shame, with the pain, with the rejection, and owned it as their own proudly. It was like, man, if being a a Christian's a derogatory term, then it makes me feel a little bit like my Messiah because he was accused, he was put down, he was ultimately unjustly, unfairly treated, so I will wear that name with pride. That's kind of where we got Christian, And, of course, people paid a huge price to wear that name. So, in one sense, you know, that's where the word came from. Um, if we look at Jesus and his early disciples and even then the great commission that Jesus gave to them, teach people to obey what I've taught you. And so, being a Christian, being a disciple or a follower, a student of Christ, is very much about just being a person on a journey Learning to obey Jesus. Yeah. Not, you know, a special saint, super, super holy person, um, <clears throat> but a person who's in transformational transition. Mm. And a new creature is coming forth continuously a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new way of acting toward the world. That's kind of what a Christian is. So, do I need to go to church to be one of them? The short answer is no. You can have an encounter with Jesus and be very genuine and very legitimate and allow his transformational work in your life and you can become a new creature without going to church. There's a short answer.
1: Yeah. I, think that's, I think that's great. It's a strange
0: one for a pastor to say,
1: isn't it? <laughs> Just tying back to the Christian thing, I think that's good, the thought that it's, it's like an active thing. It's not, okay, now I'm a Christian, it gets written down somewhere and that's, that's that, I'm now part of this thing. It's actually an active process of following Jesus, of going on a journey. Um, And I think there's a great, um, uh, I'm going to take it as a a comment rather than a question, but it says, if a Christian acknowledges that there's a God and Satan also acknowledges the existence of God, then there must be something more than just acknowledging In something yes I think that's a great point I think is it I'm not sure who it is that says you know James James even says uh, even the demons believe in Jesus so obviously being a Christian is not just believing in Jesus it's actually following Jesus and going on a process of being restored
0: yeah yeah well I mean the original meaning of disciple uh, the Greek word mythetes is a student or a learner so that's that's really you know Satan might believe but it doesn't mean he obeys and follows the devil might believe, but it doesn't mean there's, you know, there is a transformational aspect of that. And that is, that is the difference, really, is to have faith. And as Levi said, James actually says, you know, faith without works is dead. So our faith has to translate into transformational change in the way that we think about the world, see the world, engage the world, speak to the world. And by the world, I just simply mean every, every circle of influence we find ourselves in. Uh, we should be found to be different for knowing christ
1: mm, good, and so short answer don't have to be, don't have to uh, go to cre- church to be a Christian not at all long is there a, a longer because <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's a lot of things we need to take in account here as far as maybe even why wouldn't i guess the question then becomes why wouldn't you go to church um, and, and I think there's maybe a lot of legitimate reasons for that you know some people live in remote communities where there is no church in the sense of a a service of Welcoming
0: people, people online. Welcome people okay.
1: joining online. Uh, let's give it up for the people joining yeah, online. Yeah, great yeah. to have you. Um, yeah, there's people with sickness, people long-term in hospital, people in nursing homes, people with potential uh, certain disabilities which might make yeah. them unable to come out. So, yeah. you know, I guess the answer for them is that does not stop you from following Jesus. Yeah. But then yeah. If, I guess if we move into other you know, reasons that people might not attend church.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just to draw a line under that one, I mean, if you're with us here online, it means you do want to be part of the church. Hmm. It's that simple. You've recognised the need to be in community and even if you are remote or you're restricted, um, you're here and that is a really big thing. Um, I think that answering the question of what is the church actually helps us answer the main question. Again, we're just defining these terms. So, what is a Christian? Um, Someone, you know, with faith in Christ that leads to obedience and transformational change. Um, That really is the bottom line. Uh,
1: So, what is church? I think there's a great statement here that maybe can help us start there. Why do we say we're going to church as if church church is a location? That's it. Yeah.
0: Well, straight away, I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons, folks, if you've never noticed, this does not have a church name on it, this building. Um, you know, we've got logos, we've got different things, but out the front, it is 12 Peace Street. And for me, part of that thinking was to try and get away from the way that we frame, even from our platform, we ask those who host, we're trying to get it into our language, that we don't say, welcome to church, Because it's actually putting the wrong imagination in our head.
1: More more correct would be to say, welcome church. Yes, welcome church. To the building. Here we are,
0: (laughs) welcome church to 12 Peace Street, the building, the facility that we use to gather the church. Because scripture says that we're all living stones. Each one of us, we're all joined together. We all fit together. Um, Ephesians 4 says that we grow and we mature by what every part supplies. And so... Uh, It's in the togetherness that we grow up into maturity. Mm. Um, So what is the church? Uh, I think the simplest definition comes from a guy called Jerry Cook many years ago. Uh, And it, 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 you know, it might sound a bit strange, but just think about it. He basically says the church is no more or no less than the incarnation of Christ in culture. In other words, God coming through a body of people to express Christ to their society that's what the church is in its most basic element. Um, but I think it's also interesting to look at, and are we getting a lot of questions? Or yeah, 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 there's or, plenty of questions. Okay, through. Yeah. so you just butt in. Yeah, well, I... I'll
1: butt in there because I think that's good. When, when we talk about the, um, the incarnation of Christ in culture, is that what it was? Yeah. I think this question asked that do we need the, and I think this is maybe especially a timely question, um, do we need to make the church m- more relevant or do we need to be going against the flow?
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's good. I guess we could talk about your imagination of relevant. But um, I think somehow we've got to be more engaging with our community in far more practical ways, which is part of the commercialisation of this facility. That's part of that thought, the childcare centre, engaging our community in more practical ways. And, and I don't think it's an either-or. I think there's a balance point that that often we miss. I think the more practical and relevant and maybe culturally uh, connected we become, the further we've actually got to go into deep spirituality. Church gets it wrong when it just goes to one end of the scale. So if you think of the tightrope walker, the tightrope walker, the old tightrope walker, you don't see them often very much anymore, but um, they grab a pole to balance themselves. And the point of the pole is they take the heaviest, longest pole that they can carry safely because the further out they get the weight on each side, the more balanced they are in the middle. And I've always felt that way about doctrine, about our Christian practice, etc. So the more, for example, seeker-friendly or open to the community we might become, on the one hand, the deeper our spirituality needs to go in our prayer life, our commitment to the Word of God, that kind of thing. That's, and that keeps us balanced in the middle. Because if we go down one side, we simply become cultural Christians that really don't have relevance. We're not calling people out of anything. We're joining them in the world. Uh, On the other hand, we become so heavenly-minded, we're no earthly good with no connection to mission and our community. And I don't think that's any more pleasing to God than the other one. I think both of them are totally dysfunctional. And so should we become more relevant? Absolutely. Does that mean that we surrender our passion and our heart for God? No. What that means is we need to empower that and stoke the fire. Mm. Yeah. Understand what I mean? So that it's a, what we do in the community is an overflow of a passionate heart of devotion to God. That, that'd be my thought there.
1: Yeah, very good.
0: That's great. What a great question.
1: Yeah. I, I think maybe this kind, maybe kind of following on, I'm uh, just kind of quoting that scripture where it says, don't give up on meeting together as some of you are doing in the habit. Should the motivation to come to church be out of personal need or as a response to yield to what? you know, scripture would teach us to do.
0: That's very, very good. That's that's a great question.
1: Because I um, think that's can I just just point in here, yeah. I think that maybe especially post COVID what my observation of churches is it has become a lot more what's in it for me. I'll find a church that I like, that suits me, that I receive what I need from. Um, sometimes we see a bit of the old church shopping going on where it's like I go there for the worship, but I go there for the word, but I'm in the small groups at this other church. Um, and, and this kind of, even, even to some extent, um, you know, the way people have interacted with church, rather than being how can I be a part of this, it's been what can I get out of this? What does the church do for me? Um, so I don't know if you've got, got thoughts. on that. I guess that's what that question asks too. Should it be, I'm coming because I need something yep. um, and I'm looking for something or should it be coming because I want to be a part of what God's doing?
0: Great question. Great question. Again, I think we could answer it if we continue to define the church. So just looking at, um, let's look at the word, the Greek word ecclesia. Or oh, ecclesia, depending on how you you know, depending on what Greek dictionary you, the little audible sound bites, different people put it different ways. But um, ecclesia, uh, it, the interesting thing that term church, it's not a sacred term. It's a coin Greek term, like everything else in the New Testament. It's the common man's language, and uh, ecclesia was was. You know, it wasn't a new thing. It was actually part of the Greek system of social governance. And an ecclesia, uh, which simply means called out or called to, um, was a meeting of citizens that determined the governance of the nation would even determine at times whether they would go to war when Greek was, were basically city-states. Greece wasn't one united nation. It was a number of uh, city-states and big cities like Athens, which apparently was between 50,000, 60,000 people in the years, you know, r- running up in the 300 years, running up to the time of Christ. And... Um, uh, Ecclesia was the way was a way of governance. It was like it got to the point where, and we're talking about a lot of people, 10% of the population, making these decisions. Six thousand people gathering to determine the future of the nation, and discussing things, talking about things, and then making decisions on behalf of the nation. Um, So that was sort of, that's the original context. It's just interesting that when New Testament writers thought, what handle do we put on this thing that we're now part of, where we gather and we worship and we have communion and we baptise people and we teach what Jesus taught, what do we call that? And they looked in their common language at their common society and went, this is nothing less than an ecclesia, These are people called out by God. So really what the church is is God doing that not on a city-state scale but on a world scale. I want to call you out so that you might discuss and decide and implement and speak back to a culture because that's what that ecclesia did. It came back to its culture and said this is the way forward. And so I think straight away part of wanting to look at different ways of communication um, and I want to get back to questions so that we do that um, but part of it is I think we've lost a certain amount, element of that in church where it's become look at us we're all just facing the front and and generally someone's just telling us stuff And, of course, we've got small groups which enable the kind of conversations we need to have, and I thank God for them. And I'm just wondering whether there's not an element or a place to bring more discussion-based things back into the mainstream of church life, even if not always, but, you know, relevant to do on a regular basis, and today's a little bit of a trial of that. And that's part of the thinking. I just look at the Greek word. I look at where they stole it from culture, like so many things in the New Testament. It's just literally taken, I mean, even a demonology. So um, Peter takes stuff straight out of Greek mythology in the Titans to talk about evil angels chained in darkness, and he uses a word called Tartarus, which was actually simply... Greek mythology, that's where the word comes from. Um, Because he found a word that expressed exactly what he wanted to express. This is what it's like. This is what God has done. Um, And so uh, Ecclesia, I, I, I think we should treat it maybe the same way, that there's when they looked around, maybe today, I don't know, but maybe today, if the New Testament was written today, maybe we would have called the church a club. I don't know, or uh, I don't know. Find a relevant cultural term, but where everyone's hearts are joined together and they come around common purpose. Our common purpose is Christ and his mission. But we're just trying to get back to basics here. Let's strip back all the frills and just get back to what was it? What was this thing? Uh, It was the Ecclesia or the Ecclesia. It was people called out to, uh, to debate and to consider and to make decisions and to go back to their society, uh, which brings in the relevance thought. What have we got to say to our society?
1: Mm. Very good. I think there's a good comment here too, just maybe um, speaking to the thought of are we coming to church just to receive something or, or to actually maybe give something. Mm. Um, Throughout Scripture, God speaks about how we should work to ensure justice and mercy are shown to the widows, the orphans, the poor, and the downtrodden. There are also uh, the supreme laws about how we should love the Lord with all our heart and being, uh, sorry, with all our heart and being, and then to love others. I wonder if we can get too focused on ensuring our individual experience with God as the most important aspect of our Christian life, should we use this time to increase our endeavours on being more active in ensuring mercy and justice and love and care is given to our community? And I think it's a great thought just holding those, and maybe, it, maybe it's, uh, personally I think it's maybe, it's not one or the other, it's both. I think to, to some extent, yes, I think that come to church because of calling, not because of convenience, you know, not because this was the closest church, so this is where I come just because it's nice and it's convenient for me, but come to church because I actually feel called and moved to be a part of something that's bigger than myself. I actually want to be a part of transforming the world, and Jesus is pretty clear that His plan is to do that through the church, so I want to be a part of that. I think the other tension to possibly manage is that if we constantly are giving out, um, I think that's where we see people start to burn out. I think there is an important element of coming to church to receive, to be refreshed, um, to maybe have the fire stoked in a certain sense. So I don't know if you've got anything to add to that, but I feel like there's a bit of both where we need to remember that this is not just about us. Um, And I think maybe our generation, this generation has become, and not just the generation we're living in has become a little bit too focused on uh, my individual relationship with God as opposed to, no, this is about other people as well, not just about myself. But at the same time, I think it's important to actually be receiving and being refreshed and being refilled. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've got any thoughts to add Well, I could just say
0: amen to that. I mean... um, (laughs) I think both of those things are right. We should be growing passionately ourselves. We should be reaching out, touching our community. Um, you know, the biggest thing, again, is, is we I think we've just got to be so careful of embracing the consumeristic individualism that we've been baptised in for 40 or 50 years now. Really, I think it could probably go back to post-World War II, where people had been through such a traumatic thing and it was one big wild party, sadly the church did in general not deal well with returning veterans and the issues that back then we didn't even recognize um, like ptsd and heavy drinking all those substance abuse habits whatever uh, the church had very much a tisk tisk attitude and we probably lost a generation because of that uh, and then of course that led to sexual revolution uh, which led to the breakdown of the family unit, um, absentee parents, etc., etc., and uh, and and in amongst all that culture, we are—it's—it's it's no mistake to understand why people are struggling for for identity, because that has been the last thirty to forty years at least of our culture now. Um, uh, in amongst all of that, we're just—I I think this God calls us out. That's the thing, the ecclesia is, are the called out ones and we're, we're called out for his purpose. It's the word saint, you're set apart or sanctified, set apart for God's purposes. Um, you know, one gospel writer or one Bible writer puts it this way, that um, you are no longer your own, you're bought with a price. Where did we miss that? Because the moment we sort of go, cherry-picked ministry... I'll go here for this and here for that, or I'll go there because it's convenient. Now, that might be, you know, if transport's an issue, that's fair enough. But in all honesty, when people just switch, they call them, the National Church Life Survey even has a term for it called Mm -hmm. switches. People just, they they switch in and switch out to what's convenient. My concern for that is where do you develop character? Well, someone said something I didn't like to me there. Well, work through it. Mm -hmm. It's called growing up. You know what I mean? Um, Also to contribute and to be known. I know your journey. You can't get away with saying that to me because I know your journey. I've walked this journey with you. Mm. You know, that kind of thing where I think the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Has anyone ever read that and worried whether you're saved or not? (laughs) It's it's our misunderstanding of the term salvation. And the, the word salvation means to be made whole doesn't mean a ticket to heaven which is often the way we've seen it in evangelical circles but it is Christ wanting to complete a work in you by which he brings all the broken fragments of your life back together and makes you whole again so when the writer says work out your salvation with fear and trembling we can't add anything to what Jesus has done I mean his work was perfect and complete on the cross that's it Bible very clearly teaches that so how do you work out your own salvation it's allowing that transformational change And honestly, there is no other place for that to happen except for a place where you know and are known.
1: Mm.
0: It's in community. It's with brothers and sisters who are doing the journey and they're struggling with the same things. And hopefully when you're on an up day, you can help someone on a down day Mm. because one day you're gonna need them to give you a hand up too. That's what the church kind of is. It's a community of people on this transformational journey. There's another element, and we've we've got to close. We're, We're nearly out of time. But there's another element in Ephesians 4. And it actually talks about gifts that are given by Christ to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, that God has given to equip the saints, to equip all God's people, not just special ones, to actually serve Christ in their 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 world, in their realm of influence, whatever that is, in the, the workshop or the school or the wh- wherever it is. Um, and without a doubt, people have got different interpretations of those terms, but without a doubt, there's an element of leadership on those gifts that are there to actually help people grow, develop and become effective ministers. And even in wanting to do this and have discussions and actually answer maybe some questions people are actually asking... Rather than ones we assume you're asking, hopefully there's a certain amount of equipping in it. So last Sunday night we did this with the with um, a much you know younger group, our young adults basically, and um, and the questions were brilliant. And they were asking about abortion, that is a major topic that they're facing. I, I asked the question, what is sledging your faith? What is coming against you? What's what are the issues that you as a Christian feel scorned for or mocked or challenged or whatever? And it was abortion. It was the manly jerseys, football jerseys thing. It was things that were really relevant to being a Christian in the marketplace and having the kind of language that you can put around that, that both honours God and honours truth and yet still connects with people that Jesus loves dearly. And I think that's their important things. And and if if I've got any heart for where this might head, this form of maybe communication occasionally on a Sunday morning, uh, it would be that, that we would begin to answer questions people are actually asking. Mm. And so, you know, what is the church? Church is a body of people. God has gifted certain people among that group to teach and to train and to lead. Uh, We're on mission together. I just look at some things like our recent recent project at the uh at the school it's like without us coming together we couldn't do stuff like that we just couldn't do it we couldn't rally the troops we couldn't rally the resources to sort of have major impactful moments in our society and don't worry that speaks to our society you know when a special you know school in our community and and its uh, its facilities aren't really what they should be and we can just go in on a Six hours on a, sun, a Saturday and blitz the place and give those kids something that's going to last a couple of years. Our community takes notice of that. To me, that's washing feet. That's girding ourselves with a towel and washing our community's feet. When we've raised money for jumpers for kids who go to school without jumpers or sports shoes or, or you know, handballs or whatever we do. All the you know, and they're just the little things really. Um, I, I just think it's a very, very practical way of being Christ incarnate in culture in a small way.
1: Very good. Um, look, we've got a bunch of questions that we probably won't get to this morning, but thank you so much for sending them through. And Well, the importance
0: is, it, it sort of helps us put our finger on the pulse a bit too. So we might even circle back. If, if we keep getting questions, we might even, on any topic now, okay, we'll open it right up. Send it through because I'd love to know some of the things that you face and that you want answers to. And I might be able to sort of put it together and cover some of those things. Yeah. Yeah, regularly.
1: Awesome. So great. So what is a Christian? Well, I guess it's somebody who's on a process of, who has not only a faith in Jesus, but that's actually on a journey of following and becoming more like Him. Yeah. And what is the church? Well, the community of people who are on mission together. I guess it's the context in which we work out our faith. I think if you can't forgive someone in the church, you're going to have a hard time forgiving someone out of the church. I think it's a safe space where we actually learn to enact what our faith is,
0: and we get to practice being fully human, Hmm. (laughs) because ultimately that's what Jesus wants us to be. Come back to that original image that totally reflects the heart of God.
1: Very good. Thanks. Awesome. Why don't we thank Pastor Chris for sharing this morning? That QR code's going to stay up there for a little bit longer. So if you've got questions, again, on any topic, send it through. Um, and like Pastor Chris said, we'd love to actually, I guess, hear a bit about the questions that you're asking rather than just assuming that these are some questions that you might have. And maybe, you know, a question that might be new to you this morning would be the question to yourself about following Jesus and what it means to go on that journey of of like that word we said salvation or being made whole, allowing God to put your life back together as you go on a journey of following Him.